0: No Hello, konnichiwa <laughs> to all of our listeners. Uh, as always, your hosts of the No Chance Podcast. This is Ryan. This is Nate. And uh, motherfucking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a. Uh...
1: <laughs> it's felt like
0: a long ass time since we've done this. Um, if you yeah. haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe,
1: share this, share it, tell your
0: friends, just, you know, it's like a typical thing that we do in the very beginning before we get into it.
1: Shameless self-plug. Always got to have the shameless self-plugs. We've been getting
0: a lot of people that have been reaching out to us that have been saying, you know, a lot of positive stuff. Um, We've been doing our best to reach out to other people as well that's doing really cool stuff. So if we happen to see you.
1: Yeah. And we do this for you guys and also for ourselves, so
0: yeah we're trying to push the conversation and you guys you know you're creating cool content you got a cool brand coming out we're just trying to support so definitely shout out to everybody that's you know messaged us on facebook not facebook but facebook's hella old uh that's messaged messaged us on instagram um showing support we appreciate it and uh we're gonna try to keep it going from here um but anyways uh one of the biggest things that I think we should talk about real quick is our trip to New York and just the sort of oh, like yeah, yeah. the sort of aftermath of it. Now, I mean, not all the like the weird shit that we did, but just kind of like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you know, line? like the partying and whoa. stuff. People don't want to hear about that un- unless uh, they do comment, know. comment below if you want to hear. But um let's talk about just sort of our experiences, you know after you know sort of shopping around soho what we called in the most recent episode the like epicenter of you know streetwear fashion and just the kind of it's it's still going basically like there's not too many cities in you know in the world that are sort of maintaining that that high level of streetwear fashion and fashion in general so um what were your sort of like first reactions after like walking so and 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 just so you guys know, we how, how much sleep did we have before we actually like maybe trekked New York?
1: Okay, so you got a bit of sleep. Like as soon as our flight was at eleven p.m. on Friday, and it arrived at like seven forty-five on Saturday morning, so I was up the entire time, so I didn't sleep at all. Ryan, on the other hand, slept oh, throughout man. the entire. flight. As I soon loved... as he buckled his seatbelt, he just knocked out. <laughs> I he love sleeping
0: out. on airplanes because it's like you have nothing else to do. That's like, like the you have worst worst no other, other choice. To fucking sleep. And i but the thing is is when you get stuck in the middle seat and you got to sleep on the airplane because you can't lean your head any which direction you just have to sleep like i mean like i had the coffin. aisle
1: seat but i still couldn't sleep i don't know you don't had know the what best spot
0: you had amazing leg room and you had the aisle seat you so should have been as comfy whenever. as possible <laughs> <laughs> i
1: would have laid on the floor
0: if yeah. i was you um, um but yeah kind of your first sort of opinions about you know our trip to new york or at least well i mean what you saw there. in
1: gen- well like for both of us this wasn't our first time in new york so we've both been kind of exposed to everything out there but um just every time i go out there it just it doesn't it always shocks me to see how much variety there is out there in terms of like what people are wearing how they put together uh certain things um so yeah and even just the shops out there how they're almost like they're almost drastically different from what we see out here in terms of like higher end boutiques or like streetwear stores things like that so that was really cool and
0: and and it's in like within a very like small radius like three to four block radius there's like at least a handful of stores like typically with like a streetwear store or a high fashion store in in soho there's two or three right next door if not across the street yeah so it's not very hard to find something if you don't you know find something at a store yeah. and
1: and that's another thing too about the proximity of uh all these stores is that you'll see a lot of people who are interested in the same thing it's kind of like a gathering place like a hub yeah if you will for uh people who are interested in streetwear high fashion whatever it may be they're all kind of they all generally hang out in that one area or at least they shop in that one general area so yeah and i swear i swear
0: like we were seeing like at least five six people like doing like their little photo book uh, or look book shoots and like like styled shots and i'm just like wow like you don't normally see this in san francisco and it it was like really cool
1: yeah not you see it here in san francisco but not as often as out there in new york like every like block you would walk down like there'd be people shooting like a look book or whatever uh taking like product shots editorial stuff things like that um you just don't see that out here in san francisco you know like there's no like huge hub for streetwear and fashion it's all kind of spread out throughout the city but it's
0: not like you couldn't find that same sort of like like gritty ground mixed with like nice facade of a building i'm sure you could find that in san francisco why why do you think that it's just not like nobody takes a picture on this random wall when they do in soho you know
1: oh well for one i think the community out here is a lot smaller just due to the population of san francisco like there's I don't even think there's a million people that live here. Like, in New York, it's so densely populated that, um, obviously, you're going to have a bigger community of like-minded people. So, so out here, you're just not going to see it as much in general. Also, um, I don't know. Like, San Francisco has always been, like, a city of very distinct neighborhoods. So, I think that's why it's so spread out. Yeah. Uh, In New York, I mean... There are definitely distinct neighborhoods out there, but I feel like it's more so if you go to, like, a different borough. Yeah. You know? No, that's true. Yeah.
0: You definitely get, like, way different vibes when you go to different boroughs. And and yeah. with the sort of, like, tech boom and, like, you get a lot of what people are calling gentrification of, of San Francisco, you're getting a lot of the same thing in every neighborhood, yeah. so to speak. Um, but in this episode, and one thing I wanted to do before the New York episode, actually, was talk about um, – Japanese streetwear, which, I mean, in my opinion, is way ahead of its time in terms of just um, creativity and individualism. And I mean, and I'll talk about my experiences more with Japan, you know, um, because I've been there before. That's a wrapped episode. (laughs) But I'll be able to speak more about, you know, what I have my first sort of reactions towards it. But there is something about Japanese culture and Japanese streetwear as a whole, that really speaks to what streetwear is, which is individualism and um, this sort of one of one sort of look and something that you don't normally see anywhere else, really, in the world. And so, uh, to some people, it is pretty fucking bizarre. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely
1: it, out there to people who out- aren't really exposed to it on a daily basis. But um,
0: I think that's really important. Yeah, like, and
1: there's al- there's also a lot of stuff that does seem normal to a lot of people because uh like we always talk about japan draws heavy influence from uh from the u.s so a lot of the times you see stuff that's uh familiar stuff that you've seen every day um but i don't know they just have a certain way of putting it all together that makes it seem unique yeah yeah
0: so let's get into sort of what we know of to be like the early origins of japanese streetwear yeah um just doing a little bit of research we we kind of fall back to one of the who is called the the master of japanese street wear, the the god the god of harajuku and which is and we'll explain a little bit more to those who do, aren't familiar with the street um but can you can you pr- properly pronounce his name for me
1: yeah are you, are you talking about hiroshi i'm talking hiroshi, about hiroshi yeah, yeah so um for those of you guys who don't know, Hiroshi Fujiwara um, was the creator of Fragment Design, uh, one of the very one of the earliest pioneers of Japanese streetwear, uh, along with people like Nigo. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a lot of work like with Cause early on, so he was very involved with shaping the way the fa- shaping the. Uh, way streetwear turned out in the early in the 90s the early 2000s yeah. and even now there's still one you know. of
0: the most common things that i'm starting to notice when it comes to a particular and i'm going to call them a star within you know in japan or star in la or star in new york is there's a lot of this sort of cross functionality of inspiration so somebody from new york will go to japan yeah pull major influences from that Mm -hmm. bring it back to new york create this you know this japanese inspired maybe on with with undertones of japanese inspiration in terms of concepts and ideas and design Mm -hmm. and you know it blows up to this amazing thing like we talked about in an earlier episode about you know sean Stucy and his sort of travels to new york travels to japan um a lot of in a lot of inspiration is pulled from these countries and the early years of, of Hiroshi is, is basically, you know, born and raised in Japan. I'm not sure exactly where in Japan, um, but traveling to New York and getting that, you know, that inside scoop of being with some of, well, at the time, Some of the, you know, well-known designers of of some of the biggest brands now. But back then, you know, they're just teenagers. They're just, you know, younger kids who have an idea of doing something so out of pocket. And you got to think, New York in the early 80s and 90s is, you know, all over the place. It's fucking crazy. There's so much going on. So many different subgroups and subgenres and people trying to figure themselves out and people doing the whole DIY thing. So being sort of integrated in into that early on, Hiroshi in, in the in this in this sense, sort of sparked his whole idea of pushing the culture forward in terms of what is clothing really.
1: Yeah, and I mean it just it goes way deeper than just clothing. Like this yeah. became a huge part of Japanese culture. Um, I think just absorbing all of that whole scene in new york like all the different subcultures things like that and being able to use that as an influence to take back to japan and sort of inform his works whether it was clothing or whatever he was doing um i think that was huge and also uh like you're saying like sort of the cross-pollination between like people in the u.s and people in japan like for instance you have Kaz going out there Mm -hmm. um like very early on and partnering up with like medicom things like that so like in the early days of streetwear like before its peak like a lot of this stuff was just it was almost just like friends getting together friends and just kind of hanging out exchanging ideas things like that that's
0: definitely what it was yeah they were able to set the precedent of what was cool and what other people thought was cool yeah so when you start out as an individual and you're not trying to follow any sort of of trend you look different right and some people are going to attach themselves to that and some people aren't and if you and that we talked about in this in the first episode is if you have a true essence then people are going to attract themselves to you
1: yeah and i think the appeal of streetwear in japan definitely has to do with uh to my knowledge like japan has a very rigid like social mm-hmm. structure like they do everything according to this or that things like that it's yeah, a very, very strict society. like social
0: norms yeah
1: so i think for a lot of people in the early days of japanese streetwear uh streetwear and that whole culture that whole um counterculture attitude was yeah. just sort of an escape for them in a sense you know like mm-hmm. it was a chance for them it was an outlet for them to uh break free from those norms and really express themselves yeah so i think that's why people gravitate towards it
0: and and just like to, to sort of build off that is when you have Hiroshi coming to New York and you're, you know, parlaying with all of these different, you know, potentially high-end designers, et cetera, and being the, you know, central hub of high-end fashion, you take that inspiration of, you know, I can make things limited, I can produce it with amazing materials, and you guys are buying this for thousands of dollars, like. Yeah he brings his high-end sensibility to Japan. And I think that's where you start to see, and anybody can agree, you look at something like a an undercover, you look at something like a fragment design, you're not paying anything less than 60, 70, 80, maybe less than $100 sometimes.
1: Yeah, and, I, and that's another thing about Japanese fashion or just culture in general is that I think a lot of the time... Um, the japanese do american americana better than americans do that's true you know uh i feel like they have such a deep appreciation for stuff uh stuff that has you know huge roots like for instance american staple pieces like military wear workwear things like that they appreciate where it comes from yeah and they appreciate the history and the value behind it you know what i'm saying yeah because
0: there's there's stories behind clothing, yeah, right. Like we go back all the way to, you know, the first episode when you're talking about like these Jordans did this to me, or yeah. the this like type of workwear is synonymous with what my dad used to dress in. So yeah. that's something that we like, just like us, we don't forget. And I'm sure people in Japan when they're figuring out what to dress there, yeah. they know what they're wearing, they know where it's coming from. Well, yeah,
1: I think they just do a better job of. Having that narrative and being able to oh, tell yeah. a story, yeah. Whether it's like workwear or streetwear or taking something like maybe punk inspired things like yeah. that, um, like the Japanese just have a way of pushing the envelope and being able to, um, tell the story of that piece, that particular piece, but also add their own uh, little flair or twist yeah. to it. You know? Yeah, you got to think
0: like if if you think about general clothing, right? And and. Think about like a downtown San Francisco right now, Mm -hmm. a downtown L.A. You have all of these fast fashion stores. You have all of these giant chain retailers selling the same thing, right? Yeah. So when you don't really have too many other companies trying to branch off, there's only so much you can do with that type of clothing. You can only style it a certain type of way. You can only rock it a certain type of way. But when you're like the people in Japan have access and and can see so many different types of cultures because it is like one of those things that you get all these different type of people sort of um not immigrating but traveling to japan and being so close to other surrounding countries you can travel to other countries and you get a better feel of like there's other ways to do things other than what is like in front of me and i think like when you're in san francisco you're in la all you see is what's in front of you obviously with the help of social media and the internet nowadays Mm -hmm. you can see how other cultures are dressing but you see somebody in front of you wearing a certain way certain wearing a pair of pants a certain way you think that that's the only way you can wear them but they sort of break outside of that boundary or that box or and
1: I think another reason why uh, Japanese streetwear appeals to so many people is because it's sort of unlike anything anything else really like for the most part America and Europe have been sort of the powerhouses of fashion in general, Um, but for Japan to relatively recently become like a really big hub for fashion streetwear things like that, um, I think it just kind of shook everything up and changed the game. So,
0: so let me let's get into a little bit more of the the history and heritage of Japanese streetwear. Yeah. So, well, okay,
1: first let's let's uh let's back up and let's uh let me ask you this why do you think streetwear or why do you think fashion in japan became like such a big thing rather than like let's say in like singapore early on or like hong kong or whatever you know why is japan like the kind of biggest hub for streetwear out there right now or in general
0: that's a good question because you gotta think like as an, as an island, I would assume, you, you get a lot of things coming in, right? So you get...
1: Literally, literally everything has to be shipped. Obviously,
0: yeah. yeah. Everything has to be shipped. And then you yeah. have things like, obviously, like a World War II, where you have mm-hmm. so much of this outside influence jumping in and, and playing a role into, into telling you how to do things and how to be a certain way. When you have that authoritative you know, thing over you, you want to rebel. Yeah. So, when somebody tells you, I want you to dress this certain way, and this goes back to traditional family norms and the whole like very strict social norms in Japan, mm-hmm. is when somebody's telling you, hey, I want you, to, you have to be the certain way, you know, as you grow up and stuff, you start to question things. So, yeah. when you said, oh, I need you to dress in a school kid outfit, when you grow up, you're like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm going to wear this thing that I saw in a magazine yeah. and this is so opposite of what they're doing here and I'm gonna try to find a way to get those jeans or whatever and then it starts pr- producing this whole thing of of being bizarre yeah. so when you have that first person rebel you see him and you're just like you know I've always thought about being different and yeah. I've always thought about you know like I don't want to wear this button up yeah I want to wear like I want to wear what, wanna what that wear, guy yeah, is wearing wear so then I you start to see more. the ball start to roll and that snowball, that snowball effect starts happening. And then you start to see everybody start doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with just the early 20th century, like Japan, world war two, yep. like industrialization after world war two. Yep. Uh, obviously you get like the American military, like work where infra- mm-hmm. influence from mm-hmm. um, uh, stemming from that. So that's where a lot of like the influence comes from. Also, yeah like in japan there were a lot of subcultures like mimicking um let's say like ivy league style so there's like a particular subculture in japan during like the 50s and 60s that really yeah. mimicked like preppy american style or there's like people in there's like a subculture in japan mimicking like american punk grunge things like that yep so it's almost like a reflection of what's going on in the u.s yeah um but like i said they're putting their own little twist on it yeah
0: and i'd say like big movements in the u.s tend to trickle out to surrounding countries in some sort of way or fashion i I
1: think that's just because the u.s is like the place for pop culture like yeah i'm like what we do here is gonna set the precedent for what's going to go on uh, elsewhere in the world, you know. So true. Yeah.
0: And you, and if you're surrounded, and we're just gonna use World War II as an example, you're surrounded by all of these, you know, soldiers and military garb and. Yeah. Shout you to, to imperialism. God, <laughs>
1: damn. you stupid? I'm just kidding. And
0: you, and you see, and you, they, they're bringing radios and TVs, and yeah. you start to see everything that's going on. Then there's a commercial that comes on of American, you know whatever pop culture and then you're like holy shit what is that
1: it's like a it's i mean to my knowledge up until like that point in world war ii like japan was still relatively yeah um i don't what's an what's like a nicer uh, i don't want to say primitive but um just because that's not the right trad- word i say traditional yeah like they were very locked in into what their norms were yeah. they're very traditional um almost like is- isolationist if that's yeah, a yeah, term you can use they um, weren't
0: ex- as widely exposed to, to everything what was currently going on yeah, yeah yeah
1: and then I think as soon as the war ended and things changed um, like just more doors were open to like you're saying like TV radio things yep. like that all that stuff started trickling in that's and huge people had more access to stuff that was going on elsewhere in the world yep. so you know
0: yeah and I could imagine like the that sort of that sort of widely televised like media radio TV really Influences people who you know aren't normally a part of it because yeah you see somebody that kind of looks like you and you're just like oh i could do that or that could be me or and it just it's so gratifying to see that then you start to really change the way you think about things and you really think outside of what's you know in your surrounding area and that's what results in being a rebel and change yeah, sure. and all and that I, stuff i think
1: the same can be i think we're seeing that now with like social media i think that we're seeing a lot of people gravitate towards what other people are doing so a lot of people doing the same thing yeah. but there's also a lot of people out there that are looking to social media to maybe find something different to do you know what i'm saying it's looking hard though and
0: and let's well, i don't mind taking this 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 off topic but it's it's hard nowadays for me to see something on social media whether it's the explore page on instagram you know on hypebeast blogs whatever to see something that makes me go that's cool yeah or that's different oh yeah for sure it's so hard to but see it, that i mean nowadays. but
1: I'm. But the point is like it's still out there it's still a medium oh yeah yeah it's still yeah. a medium for it's still a platform for finding new refreshing things that yeah. you gravitate towards yeah it's I, out there but like scarce these you days, could you know? seriously just like
0: go through you know wikipedia and look through like decades and decades of, of clothing you can go mm-hmm. to 1900s and look at how people were dressing you could probably find something like that yeah you see a lot of people wearing paperboy hats and and those like I, uh, what are those dude, those french bonnet things berets? berets there you go i
1: don't really like that trend like to be that honest. that's a,
0: that's a trend now and <laughs> yeah. you're starting to see that a lot more because it's so funny how and one of the the uh, biggest producers of these right now which is funny because they've been doing this for years is like like a brixton all they've ever made were these oh, paperboy wool yeah. hats and now all of a sudden they're just they're flying off the shelves because yeah. it's currently in trend. So mm-hmm. they're probably like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Yeah. Like, like you we know?
1: used to put these on sale for like, yeah, 75% exactly. Off. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy how
0: things work for yeah. for some of these brands. And and one of the things that I was learning recently is you know some of these brands and why you start to see them make their sort of comeback, like a champion, like a what else? Like I don't know, like K Swiss or, or Stan Smiths. Like you start yeah. to see like this comeback of shoes that were like. Only cool in like the early 2000s, maybe like early 90s, yeah. and it's yeah. It's social media is really making things sort of boom out of nowhere. Yeah,
1: and I mean, so basically, what we're trying to say, how this all connects to what we're saying, is that um, that that's basically why Japan became such a hub for street wars because they were exposed to American culture, American pop culture yeah. during that time when it first really started to become a thing. Yeah, so
0: they took what we were doing and did it. 10 times faster and yeah. 10 times harder basically yeah. yeah and that's why when people are capturing some of you know the the coolest new styles and the most outrageous um sort of concepts for for outfits it's coming from from japan yeah. more more than likely it's happening on one very specific street or one specific i want to call it a neighborhood of, of sorts yeah um it's called harajuku for those who don't know um in the early, uh, I wanna say early 90s, um, when you start to see like the Hiroshi Fujiwara and all these all these people sort of rise up to the top and that's where you start to see the Nigo and uh, there's one more guy, um, uh, Ju- he Undercover, Undercover. Uh, Jun
1: Takahashi. Jun Takahashi, yeah. you start
0: to see that sort of, that circle start to build is, within this area of harajuku and it's pretty it's pretty crazy it's very like touristy central nowadays it's almost
1: would you describe it as like the times square of like yeah, tokyo
0: i would yeah i would i would because that that one street uh, like accumulates so much traffic like the it's, uh, it's harajuku crossing like, yeah yeah like, it, like it, you it's see so that everywhere. it's so crazy yeah and one of the and this is like a, a good historical fact that we sort of picked up but it's called the Harajuku Hakoten. So basically what this means is it's the pedestrian paradise where all of the coolest kids and all of the coolest outfits, they come to congregate and sort of show off. You yeah. know, it's you, you treat it as almost like when you type in hashtag streetwear, yeah. and everybody just seems to congregate into who has the best fits. What's yeah. this person wearing? What's this person wearing?
1: That's like the equivalent of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: and that's where you get this sort of—it's
1: kind of—it's almost this like explosion. Yeah, it's of, almost like Soho cool. if you think about it. It like, is. Yeah, people just hang out just to hang out. Yep. Uh, to look good, I wouldn't doubt that people would hang out there just to get their picture taken to be on like a street style that blog or whatever. And this, you
0: know? this, this, this Harajuku happened before social media. It happened before yeah. internet because there's no other way to get your props or to get known or to become popular or to become that person unless you came to this location it's almost like the like you said like the the Soho of New York or the I mean for skateboarding the Embarcadero for skateboarding essentially it's the in order to get noticed you had to come here and from an article that I that I had read is and tell me your opinion on this is they're starting to see a huge decline in this sort of creativity or individualism or style in in Japan? general, in Harajuku specifically. Why do you think that's
1: happening? Well, I mean, like we just said earlier, like we just touched on. I think it has a lot to do with the internet. Like we yep. always talk about, um, like the internet has a way of just homogenizing, if that's the proper term that's to a, use that's here. That's a good word, yeah. Um, everything so yeah i mean like even if you go to let's say like new york you'll see the same exact thing like yeah. kids wearing the same exact thing um so i don't think it's a specific it's specific to japan uh i think it just has a lot to do with the internet and the way that we're consuming on such a fast-paced level you know yeah.
0: with social media nowadays and like you got to think like to be in a center where you're getting all these props right you're getting a physical like you know that outfit is great or yeah. like where'd you get those shoes it's now turned into likes and comments
1: yeah. so there's no need to actually interact with congregate people. in a yeah, square exactly. just to when get you your props con- when you can congregate online
0: and you can take your picture and you can get thousands of followers like there's no need to even step outside of your house and yeah that's what we're starting to notice um and that's where you start to see the decline and and i've 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 been there before and, and i there, it's definitely still there you have some of the greatest shops there you have supreme you have uh, a babe you have all like hundreds of, of different thrift stores and it's literally fucking heaven
1: yeah well okay why don't we talk about your trip to japan so why okay. don't you share that story and what it was like for you what you enjoyed yeah like all sorts of the different so stuff i went to japan
0: about a year and a half ago i'd say about a year and a half ago i stayed oh, there for was, wasn't that like last year oh no it was like a year and a half. year and a half yeah, ago yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. it felt like it felt like sooner but um i went there for about a month And one of the greatest things that I've always seen in like magazines and stuff was obviously Harajuku. I hear about all the stores that are there and I had a list of of things to attack when I went there. So going there within like the first day or so and just, you know, exploring, I started to see like a lot of the same things. Like obviously a lot of the shops were selling the same things. You had a whole ton of thrift stores selling you know, vintage American things, things that you would never think were were considered vintage or even worth any money to us. Right. Yeah. So like, obviously we've owned, you know, Stussy t-shirts and Nike sportswear t-shirts that yeah. nowadays we just like sleep in and we just throw them away. But yeah. I would see shirts that I remember having when I was younger and I'd be like, these things are priced at like $200. Yeah. Okay.
1: Wait, let me just interrupt you right there. And I, th- I think that's another part of japanese culture is that yeah. they they like to collect there's things. an appreciation for yeah they collect literally like everything they love because, trash yeah <laughs> <laughs> not that they love trash but they just have such a deep appreciation for everything yeah i guess for them it's almost sentimental it's it like, is. this single piece or all these pieces tell a story so i want to keep them even if they may be meaningless to some other person like yeah. this little thing has its own background has its own history like that's something special like i can imagine that, that being
0: like like almost like a, a michael jordan effect right so like yeah. you're a young a young ass kid and you're watching basketball right and you're you don't know shit about basketball but you're watching this dude do these, do these all, the, all these amazing things and all you see is those shoes mm-hmm. and all the recollection of being a kid and seeing those shoes it means something to you so when you see a jordan no matter what type of jordan whatever you always get that sentimental value from it so i think there's like you said like there's that great appreciation and great backstory yeah that japanese culture seems to to really understand and yeah. appreciate oh yeah for sure
1: uh and yeah, anyways go, i go think what, story. one of
0: the one of the coolest things obviously was the concentration of all these stores in such a small area so you'd have it'd, it'd be so funny you'd have like a supreme and right across the street is like the biggest consignment supreme store to like sell your shit to <laughs> yeah. which i think is always funny um obviously a shit ton of like shoe stores you have the atmos you have the chapters um and then all these individual stores are undefeated literally anything you can imagine they were selling there and more often than not they would have your size they would have you know everything that you thought was sold out in america they'd have it available it, it it was insane like it was like it was too much for me to handle at at, at one point cuz and i think i went back there probably like 5 times just to like go into shops and experience it again but there was there was something missing that i felt like was supposed to be there and that was like seeing people in like these crazy outfits and like looking completely different and almost feeling like i was in a circus almost yeah. because it would be so bizarre but I was seeing people in the same shit like not everybody obviously like there was yeah. some people you know that were really into obviously keeping that essence they're in the baggy jeans and you know the champion sweaters and maybe this other person was in like a vintage Spitfire t-shirt or you know just like all of the the weird stuff that you would never thought would, people would be rocking nowadays yeah but a, a vast majority of people look the same
1: well that brings up another question that I wanted to ask you. Do you think J- or streetwear in Japan is as big as it is, or do you think that streetwear in Japan just seems as huge as it is because it's put on a pedestal by like outsiders, like people yeah. from the US? So yeah. do you think that a lot of people in Japan are interested in streetwear or do you think it just seems that way because we hold them at such high esteem? You know i I'm think, talking about yeah. yeah i
0: think the streetwear market is at the pedestal that we that we expect it to be at so in order in terms of availability the experience i yeah. think that's to where we want it to be but so, in terms of like the culture
1: but i mean my question is like you said that there's like you could find everything in your size like yeah you go into supreme and like you could find stuff that would normally normally yeah. be sold out so do you think that streetwear in japan is still sort of a subculture and it's not really mainstream or do you think that we just hold it in such high regard that it seems like it's huge out there like because if you think about it if whenever we see pictures of japanese streetwear it's literally just pictures of japanese streetwear yeah it's focused just on that person you know it's not necessarily taking a look at the 30 other people who are not interested in streetwear you know what i'm saying
0: i think i think it's still there yeah, it, it, it's definitely not falling off anytime soon, because you have a, a lot of loyal people to these brands and looking a certain way. And the fact that the sort of mindset out there is still the anti establishment anti my parents, I want to be unique that that aspect is still there. Because their sort of upbringing and their their familiar familial relationships is still drastically different than how americans are yeah in terms of how traditional their parents are like yeah i don't have traditional parents at all and like it, it just it's so different and i think with just how it's sort of trending though and from what we're seeing and we could talk a little bit more about you know the future of it out there because we it is declining um but i think the the loyal people to streetwear is still there and I, I still think that it has the same essence.
1: Yeah, and just going back to what you just said, like decline, I don't think it's necessarily like a decline in sort of like quality or the stuff that they're putting out, um, isn't like good. I think it's just the novelty of Japanese streetwear, like how it was so different is yeah. sort of wearing off because we've been exposed to it for like decades now you know i mean just like with anything like you buy like buy like a new pair of shoes you're so excited when you first get them when they're brand new and you wear them for like a few weeks maybe like a year and then after that year then it's just kind of sitting in your closet you know what i'm saying yeah i think i I that's sort of the same thing i
0: think i'm thinking the other way like the same way that things get recycled right like obviously you know five years ago these paperboy hats weren't shit yeah but now you start to see them ramp up again because some famous person decided to wear it, and that's the way it goes. Within Japan, there's this whole re- recycling thing going on, right? So yeah. they see the fashion that we're we were rocking in the early '90s—the polo, the the Levi's, the you know all these vintage brands—and they're they're rocking it out there, and they're they're selling it, and people are buying it. And I just think that once this whole like yeezy fat and all this other you know vape shit like of course it's still being rocked there because you have people that aren't as individualistic as other people not to Mm -hmm. say that that everybody's the the same or anything but you start to see things kind of make its make its roundabouts essentially yeah
1: i mean the point that i was trying to make is that to the average consumer like Japanese culture doesn't necessarily have that wow factor to them. Oh, anymore. yeah. I mean, of course, there are going to be tons of people like you and me who still deeply appreciate yeah. like Japanese streetwear, like understand it um, and, mm. you know. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, yeah. yeah,
0: I agree on that point. And you almost can treat it like if a kid, a streetwear kid, maybe like a kid who's into Supreme and all that, yeah. were to go to... Harajuku today he'd mm. be like oh my friend looks like that yeah or yeah I've seen that before yeah But 15 20 years ago they'd go out there and be like where the fuck am I like
1: Yeah, like I've never seen anything like exactly this exactly yeah, yeah.
0: and with the internet with social media You're able to be exposed to things yeah. more yeah, often. Yeah, yeah, that's and kind it of normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, I totally, it it you know? I totally get it. It becomes normalized. I totally get it. And one of the things that I think contributes to that and uh, We'll talk about this first so we talked about in a recent episode, Supreme, uh, you know, selling some of its stock to become more of, you know, a more global brand, being acquired, uh, not acquired, but evaluated at almost a billion dollars or whatever. Yeah. So just recently, Huff actually partnered with a, um, I wouldn't say, I'd say a distribution company. Um, is like essentially what essentially they Essentially what it yeah. is, you know. They're trying to mass market to, a bunch of different countries and uh, figure out where they fit perfectly, but they were just valued at
1: nine. I think it was 90 million, 90
0: million. Yeah. And that was for 90% of their share or th- of the company to, yeah. to this di- distribution, which is crazy because obviously Huff is near and dear to our hearts. It's very local. Yeah. Obviously they moved, but you know, that's where sort of streetwear started in San Francisco. But so thinking about that sort of global expansion, right. You're going to, you, there's already a Huff in, in Osaka, another city in in Japan, there's a huff in Los Angeles. I think is there a huff in New York? No, right? No, no, I don't think so. So when we think about a brand like that, and obviously their distribution company is from Japan, um, because they have this great connection with the Japanese um, community, they have a lot of loyal people. They love you know skateboarding and streetwear, that sort of mix. Yeah. But as we see things start to spread out, are we going to start to see that sort of like you said? earlier that homogenizing of style, right? So if you have eight different Huffs in Japan alone, are you gonna start to see people dress the same? Is that is Harajuku gonna be filled with people wearing Huff? Are is that sort of um wow factor gonna diminish? Like
1: is that something that you'll start to see? Um in the case of Huff, I don't necessarily think so because Well, I don't know, because Huff is still very much like a big brand in Japan like yeah. you, you, you'll you, see people wear it um, all the time as yeah. opposed to here in the U.S. Uh, maybe not as many people are wearing it now yeah, as yeah. opposed to like 2008 yeah. but um, I don't know it depends because I don't know if Huff as a brand has the wow factor that I don't know if they're going to be able to bring anything new to the table Yeah. that can bring in a larger number of clientele um I think I mean like what what they're doing right now is pretty cool like they're still yeah putting out good stuff but I don't know if it's you know going to be it's going to have that much of an impact where it brings in you know like tons more people yeah where people will kind of um, resonate with it as much as they used to And
0: I wanted to use that and as an example for my next point because obviously Huff doesn't have the obviously it's it's a bit pricey for the average you know person who buys clothing in general not in terms of streetwear that they're like average price for streetwear i
1: think they're even on the low end for streetwear these the, days. yeah the yeah. lower end for streetwear but like yeah. kind of
0: pricey for like normal people yeah uh, for normal clothing whatever but now let's think about and one of the reasons that i think that streetwear is starting to diminish or that wow factor in harajuku is starting to sort of diminish is fast fashion retailers so, obviously, Uniqlo is one of the biggest growing fashion or fast fashion retailers in the world currently. Mm-hmm. They're opening like a shit ton of stores all the time. Everywhere, based yeah. out of Japan. Now, if you have a Uniqlo in Harajuku, right? Yeah. And the prices are low. Yeah. You can get every type of piece of clothing a denim jacket, a bomber jacket, you know, ripped yeah. jeans, and the whatever. Quality, the quality
1: and the, is like relatively, relatively decent. Relatively
0: good, for the right? Price, yeah. This idea of, I'm going to sell you quality for cheap yeah do you think that causes a dent into why it's slowly decreasing
1: uh i think so yeah i mean like with any sort of chain opening up um becoming more accessible being more i think the i think the main thing here is convenience yep you're getting quality for cheap so why would i go anywhere else and that just doesn't apply to uniqlo i mean they're like the biggest they're like the best example of that but i mean just in general i think it's readily available it's there i don't have to worry about going out of my way for it i could look good i don't have to on a budget yeah exactly and i know i'm gonna get clothes that will last so why even bother with all the other stuff you know what i'm saying
0: and then when you start to see like everybody dress in Uniqlo, Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like well why what's the point in 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 dressing up like, what's the point of fashion? Like, if I see this guy and he has this fine-ass girlfriend wearing some Uniqlo jeans, and, and say, say I'm, I'm one of those insecure guys, and yeah. there's probably a lot of them, they will wear a very expensive outfit, 5000 4000 whatever, and think that that makes up for their lack of able to communicate or the lack of able to talk to a girl, or whatever, right? Yeah. And they see some kid who spent maybe like 80 bucks on a full fit from Uniqlo mm-hmm. get the girl, it almost takes you back to be like what the fuck am i doing why am i spending all this money
1: yeah that and i think just the culture and society of japan in general like for like the average male like a like a salary man you'd call them in japan like somebody who goes to work like ridiculous hours yeah they don't really they don't really care about fashion yeah like they're just worried about working and doing whatever they have to do like in their daily life like they don't necessarily care about what's dropping next week or what the hottest like trend is you know what i'm saying like they're just focused on other things yeah so i think there's still a good majority of people who even here in the u.s like there's still a good majority of people who don't care at all about streetwear fashion like you like even here in san francisco if you think about it when i walk when i go walk to class downtown through the financial district or through downtown all i'm seeing is People or guys in dress shirts, Patagonia vests, yeah. and uh, <laughs> like dress pants and dress shoes, or like women in like dresses and with like coats on, you know? Yeah, startup like, streetwear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like the average working person doesn't necessarily have that appreciation for streetwear. They may yeah. know of it, but they don't necessarily, you know, have that big of an interest in it. So I think that has a lot to do with, uh, why Japan and other places in the world are sort of seeing like a decline, a decline, as well. yeah, a decline because it's in, not
0: being pumped out as much as it used to be. Over yeah, like here. I
1: said, like streetwear has been around for what decades now. Like yeah. the shock factor isn't there. It's not some sort of new novelty subculture. You know, like it doesn't have that same exciting like feel that it did in the '90s or the 2000s. You know, yeah. where it was huge. Yeah, so.
0: especially when you have this whole like art of the flip and widely exposed streetwear and yeah. easily accessible clothing it's yeah. like all of the great things that we loved about streetwear lim- how limited things were you know the one of ones the, the being the not looking like the next guy yeah it's slowly going away yeah yeah and that's that's why we see that decline out there which is it's crazy but I think there's always going to be that small essence of it of of street where there. Oh, yeah, I, for sure. I don't think that lives in San Francisco anymore.
1: No, I mean there's everywhere you go there's always going to be that sort of small niche sort of small pockets of people who have seen it come and seen it go. Yeah. So I think excuse me. I think there's always going to be people who appreciate it. But like you said like eventually the tides are going to turn and the majority of people are just going to be in it for whatever reason like money they, yeah, they to be popular yeah, exactly exactly
0: and i think that's i mean with social media in itself and it's hard it, we reference it all the time you know there's no need to be popular amongst your friends when there's a thousand other people online that'll that'll like your picture yeah exactly you know? yeah so do you have a solution for this sort of decline in and just community streetwear community streetwear you know companies whatever
1: i mean i don't think there's uh like a band-aid solution to the streetwear industry i think it's more of a solution for the individual person you know yeah um i think my advice like we keep saying for um like for the individual person uh is to just do your research and figure out what you like yeah. and why you like it and be able to tell that narrative and make sure that it's true to you you know what I'm saying like that's my advice to the individual person Uh, I don't think there's a a fix-all for like the streetwear industry or just fashion in general I think because of the internet and because everything's so accessible that I don't know it may continue to be the way that it is it may I don't know we'll see
0: no that's a good point and i guess my last two cents on this as well is the market's going to do what it wants to do yeah exactly you're going to have a huff you're going to have a, a supreme you know essentially to what people are saying sell out you yeah. know worldwide distribution to all these different stores and some of your core brands are going to be everywhere so everyone's going to be wearing it And you're not going to you're not going to have the one of one anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just the reality of things. So it's really how you start to change your mindset and how you perceive the articles of clothing that you buy and that you wear and really instill a sense of creativity and really think about
1: how you do things. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, just have fun with it, you know. Yeah, it's not that serious. It's not not serious at all. It's really not. If you're if you're not having fun with it. If you're just doing it to do it, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah,
0: and there's a little bit of fun in everything, and you got to think about it. Like, if you buy something that's really expensive, maybe you like the feeling of wearing an expensive thing. Maybe you like the feeling of flipping that expensive thing. Maybe you just like it to have it. Like, there's something for everybody in in streetwear, and I think that's that's really the sort of bottom line point that we're getting at within this, at least. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean... (laughs) We got very sentimental at the end, but we try to provide the nuggets for all you aspiring, you know, wannabe, Instagram, fame, (laughs) you know, you fake wannabe. But uh, definitely, you know, we're trying to instill that sort of individualism and creativity, at least, because we're starting to notice a lot of the same things nowadays. And it's definitely a bit depressing, but we know that there's a lot of people that, you know, try to think against the grain, like us, at least. (laughs) <laughs> sure
1: Oh, uh, um, that being said that's episode number 16. 16 yeah um what is that how many months is that now that's four, four, we, a month? four months four months we're like at about four, four months, months and yeah. we're
0: we're slowly slowly growing but we appreciate all of the all the messages man like, really like that's some of everything. the coolest things yeah. ever like yeah. to hear people like when we went to new york have have people give us recommendations on where to go eat yeah i thought that was sick um we have people
1: that we mind you people that we've never met in our lives we have a lot of people
0: reaching out and saying how you know how cool things are how cool we are you know that's (laughs) that's that's, you know gassing us up yeah um but just like what we're doing with the podcast and how it's a great platform and seriously an outlet that not a lot of people are getting yeah and
1: i mean we want to keep hearing from you guys we want to hear what works what doesn't work what you guys like what you don't like things like that we're open to anything and everything we just want to hear what you guys are thinking exactly like this is the reason why we started this is we wanted to be a platform for conversation so we want you guys to be talking back too yeah
0: no that's real so
1: definitely message us comment on our posts whatever whatever it may be um just engage with us somehow if you'd like uh it helps it always helps every little thing helps
0: and shameless plug make sure you like and subscribe and leave us reviews on apple Pod- do, do whatever you can it only takes yeah. a second and you know put us in that number one top spot on on the on number the apple one street number, number one streetwear in podcast the in the world that's a fact no chance podcast episode 16 we, we out,
1: out.